why can't you just be in your house and just drink <laughs> where it's safe? I know people, I know we're like, oh, that's a sign of an alcoholic. You drink at home alone, you know? But I mean, the apt word is alone. I mean, as long as you're not doing it alone, I don't think it's a problem. Sometimes you just want a drink and you happen to be alone. I don't think that. Yeah, but I mean, problem. if only because nobody's here, it's their fault. That's not your fault. That's their fault. They're they're not there with you. They're judging because they're jealous. Yeah, they're jealous that you want to enjoy yourself. You want to relax, and they're off getting their mom's baguettes mm-hmm. or going to Chile without you. Hmm. Yeah, <laughs> all out of jealousy. All so out rude. of jealousy. What's up, what's up, what's up, ladies and germs? It's me, James, and I've got Evan here with me. This is the IO panel, episode 88. Evan, how are you doing, man? I'm doing very well. Um, Teetering on the thought whether to address 88 in a different angle, but I'll probably refrain from that as to not make this a super weird episode. (laughs) Yeah, right, right, right. Yeah. Uh, we do have actually a special guest this week um, in place of our normal uh, third wheel, Mike. Um, something that just came in the mail today. I don't know if you can see it, James, behind me. Uh, we have Jeff on the podcast. Oh, my God. <laughs> my my pillowcase that is simply the entire face of Jeff Goldblum doing the shh. Motion. Oh my god, that's that's brilliant! So Jeff it. and I will spend a lot of time together. My uh, shower curtain also came in that I ordered like a month and a half ago. With this, it's a it's a shower curtain of Jeff Goldblum, uh, his well, his upper chest and face smirking in the glorious way that he always does. Um, and next to him is a sloth on a tree. Uh yes, I so, remember that. Yeah. You ordered that? Uh, did you order that on on, on a gag? Uh. You know, partially. I remember yeah, that basically. I remember we looked at that. We were looking at all this weird stuff. We we're like, "What the hell is this?" Well, very good, yeah. very good. So I'm, I'm happy that Jeff is here with me. Nice. All right, cool. Well, that's good, man. How was your How was your week overall? Uh, or two good. weeks, I guess. Yeah, two weeks. Had a uh, short weeks with work, extra time off for the holidays and New Year's. I have not written 2017 once this year yet, although I've only written the date once. So, uh, batting a thousand. Um, got a couple mice, of course. You know, as is my as my addiction continues. <laughs> um, cleaned up. Oh, I bought some. Uh, some new shelve, some new shelving from Lowe's. They had them on sale, so I'm gonna replace. You know those shitty. Like fake, uh, like balsa wood shelves. Sure, yeah, yeah. So I have one of those, and I assembled half of it backwards, <laughs> so you can see like the the cut surface instead of that you know sham of a, a stain they put over it. Yeah. So, and the back is falling off because I didn't nail it on properly, and it's very precarious. So I got some sturdy, uh, thick plastic shelving. So I'll replace that on our uh, Thursday appointment. 
Is that helping so far, by the way? Oh, yeah, it's good. It's good. I'm not using it to the best, honestly, but I, I am getting clothes done in, during the week, which I was not doing before. So that's good. Normally, I don't have clothes on the weekend. So, If it's um, at least guilting you into being like 10% <laughs> more responsible, then it's working. It's it Actually, you know what? It is guilting me, but it's also good because that guilt makes me be like, man, I have so much more to do that I need to be doing, mm-hmm. you know? Um, so it's a good thing. And I, I think everybody should do it if you're, if you have a problem getting things done. I think most people don't though. <laughs> I think it's just, I think it's just me and Michael are the big, the big guilty parties. Oh, me um, too. Oh, that reminds me. Do you remember when we went to Hope and we met that guy in like the elevator lobby and he, he suckered us all into buying his book? Uh, yeah. And his book was called The More You Do, The Better You Feel. Yeah. So I found that book the other day and, um, I happened to be watching something on YouTube. Um, a couple of weeks ago and they were like, if, if the author of the book is the one selling you the book in person, don't trust anything in that book. Yeah. Well, <laughs> so that reminded me of that, you know, that's, it, it, it's a double-sided sword. That is, I don't know that, that the whole, I mean, look, we learned a lot at that hope. Yes. And <laughs> what we, I think the thing we learned, the biggest thing we learned is next, next trip to New York, we'll leave hope out of it. Yeah. You know, so <laughs> I don't, I don't know that, uh, yeah, I don't know that it's anything that we learned on that trip could be taken, <laughs> taken as, as rule of rule, you know, so that might be the wisest, wisest advice there that you've received, um, which was just don't receive the advice. Yeah. <laughs> so, eh, whatever. It is what it is. Yep. Um, yeah, we were. It's funny. I had actually thought about this earlier. There was a a project has come up across my through my office that someone wanted to build some. They wanted to build a system that could detect if phones are brought into skiffs. And I thought about that weird phone, that lead box for a phone mm-hmm. that we looked at. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it was like a I, phone case, but gigantic. Yeah, thousand dollars. Like yeah, it was just the most ridiculous thing. And uh, you know, I was at the time I was really interested in it, but I thought it was kind of silly. But I also thought it was kind of cool, you know. And I, I thought, oh, maybe this will be a thing, you know. But man, when I was sitting here in that meeting, I was like, I thought about it again, and I was like, it's never going to be a thing because then no one's ever going to let his phone in a skiff. If phones in a skiff, there's a huge problem. Mm-hmm. You know, just leave your fucking phone outside. But yeah, I just thought that was interesting that we both thought about that. I haven't worked in a facility that has those rules. So how are they normally enforced? Is it like the honor system? Because if you get caught, you're absolutely fired. Or is it like a body scanner? Well, you know what? It's a dub. You know, again, it's kind of a weird thing, right? Like we norm- we live in a society that normally doesn't trust people. Mm-hmm. Even if you say, even if you're, it's accepted that you can be trusted, but that's one of the few mm-hmm. environments where, at least from the physical security aspect, they trust you. Like they, like they trust you're not going to bring a flash drive into the skiff and do whatever. They trust that you're not going to bring a hard drive in the skiff. Now, obviously, there's security controls on the electronic side to keep you from doing certain things, right. but to keep you from, you could bring a phone in the skiff. Nobody would know. You know, you definitely shouldn't. And if you found if you found out, you'd get in a lot of trouble. Mm-hmm. But um, you know, could be legal trouble. But um, do you see that being an issue if the future goes to a place where um, <clears throat> implantable technology is a thing? Definitely. 
I mean, everything will have to change. You know, uh, you didn't finish Snow Crash, but in Snow Crash, they live in a world where people, the U.S. government is a small part of, like, you know, they manage the small piece of U.S. soil, but most of the government, most of the, most of the property has been sold off. But for, for someone to be a U.S. citizen and a U.S. government employee, they have to have met certain requirements as far as body enhancement and, uh, abilities and capabilities which means that basically they have to be like non-enhanced they have to be they have to meet this and have to be that you know what i mean it's all these kind of security things so basically and i think we'll kind of meet some kind of some kind of crossways in that reality where it's like yeah if you have you know implanted cell phone or implanted google glass or whatever or implanted google lenses you just won't be able to go into a skiff. You'll have to. The devices will have to be removable because our our government is not a government that traditionally understands those things and takes mm-hmm. the time to understand them. I mean, at least in my opinion, you know, maybe they will, but uh, I think for the government to understand them, they would only understand it if they said, "Oh, well, we want to put kill the kill switches in those devices." So if you get the device and you work in a skiff, you have to let us put a kill switch kill switch code in your device. And it's one thing to have a, f- a kill switch in your phone; it's something different to have a kill switch on some device in your head, you know. Right. So I don't know. I don't know. That's a a, a hurdle that we haven't even thought about the implications of yet. But I bet it's going to be a nasty one. That'd be funny if the first question on your background investigation is like, "Are you one hundred percent biological?" Yeah, it probably will one day. Who knows? You know, um, but but yeah. So as far as right now, uh, it's assumed that because you know to get into have access to a skiff, you have to have a very rigorous background check, and this, there's an assumption that you will do the right thing and not bring a sailor device into a skiff. Mm-hmm. You know, the assumption is there that you're not going to do that. And there's no physical security. There's cameras and things like that. But, you know, there's not it's not like there's a security guard checking you. There's no body scanners. There's no right. metal detectors, you know. So this is the first time I actually heard of anybody doing that. And this is a private company, I believe, that's going to be doing that or, or was thinking about doing it, you know. And maybe if it takes off, then maybe the government will get into it or maybe certain government facilities do have something like that. I don't know. But. I never worked in a place that had anything like that in a skiff. Normally it was all honest system was all we trust you will do the right thing because we vetted the hell out of you and we know that you are, you know, legitimate. Which at is the vetting really enough? I mean, I don't know. Who knows another story altogether? Yeah. People are I mean, people. Short of having body scanners slash extra security slash metal detector, uh, there isn't a way to detect someone bringing in a phone. Yeah, well, the the thing that I was was told, the thing that I heard about was a it was a scanner that looked at the it it could detect uh like well, wireless broadcast or something. It detected like wireless cell, broadcast if your yeah. cellular radio was on. Yeah, it detected that and it detected Wi-Fi and GPS signals and all kinds of weird stuff, but it could detect them within a degree of like three feet or something or two <laughs> feet. I mean, I was like, well, you know, I mean, there's most, the thing is most skiffs have their cell phone racks right outside the door. Mm-hmm. You know, they have a place for people to put their phones. Right. So that, that kind of stuff is going to be problematic at best, unless it's a whole, the whole the skiff is a whole building, 
you know, and you can isolate one area and say, and I've been to places like that. When I worked for Xerox, I worked, I went to National Geospatial Intelligence. The whole building is a skiff and you walk into the building and they're like, put your phone and all your shit in this fucking vault, you know, and then you walk <laughs> in and I'm like, great. And I decided to put my pager and my phone in the vault and my laptop out there in a little lockbox and then I could go in. Um, that was a fun trip, but, uh, yeah, um, I mean, I, I, I don't know if this will even work though, honestly. I mean, this is all up in the air and this is uh, like a bunch of random companies coming together and saying, oh, we'll do this thing and it'll be great. And I don't really know if it'll be great or it'll be a good thing or not. It just seems kind of like a, it seems, and this is the question I asked when I heard about this. I was like, are they solving a real problem? Mm-hmm. I don't think they are solving a problem. I think there's, I think it's a gimmick to try to get the government and private companies kind of horn swaggled into being like, Oh, we need this thing in our skiffs. Right. You know, but yeah, I don't it's, think it's, it's creating the problem it's trying to solve. Yeah, exactly. Before there's a problem. Exactly. Exactly. And I mean, I mean, maybe that's, maybe that's the wrong reaction, right? Maybe we just should say, Hey, if we can do a thing, we should just do a thing. And then. You know, avoid the possibility that someone's going to walk into a, into a place with a skiff. Maybe people are taking phones and skiffs all the time and we don't know it. You know, but I mean, the one thing you got to remember is you take a phone into a skiff. Let's say you just go to the store, you buy a phone, you turn it on, you use it a couple times to call your mom. You have no ill intentions and you absolutely manually walk into a skiff with that phone. It's not like the phone is going to automatically start downloading classified data. Like that phone has to be penetrated and it has to be in the skiff and it has to meet all these other requirements and the skiff has to meet all these other requirements. All these other things have to happen to make that phone a dangerous element in the skiff. It just doesn't become dangerous because a phone is in a skiff. So, you know, I mean, it's like they, I'm sure they, I'm sure you've seen this, you know, about them. She've gotten seen insider threat videos and all kinds of things about taking CDs and, mm-hmm. you know, all, yeah, exactly. I mean, okay. A CD is a dangerous piece of equipment, <laughs> you know, uh, if you use it the wrong way, you know, just like a gun, like don't bring a gun to work, you know? Okay. <laughs> it's yeah. like, what I just thought of like, uh, those memes. It's like, who would win billions of dollars in government security or one thin plastic boy? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Exactly. And one thing, Placid Boy, I like that. <laughs> it's like the Wiggly Boy. Um, <laughs> well, anyway, uh, as you guys have probably noticed by now, Michael isn't here. He is, uh, he's in Chile. Mm-hmm. Kicking it with the fam, with his new family. It, yeah. He's, as I said to him yesterday, I asked if he was fully uh, vetted by the Catholic Church to be a father. And he said he is. Yeah. So congratulations, Mike. On joining the priesthood. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Both contexts. Yes. That's right. That's right. He's with child. He is with child. Uh, However, the child is, was born several years ago, as far as I know. Yeah. Yeah. He's a, he's a godfather. That's, that's what he's there for. And, and I feel bad. Let me publicly apologize. I made fun of Michael. There's a picture that he put in our chat. In our, uh, in our other group chat that Evan is not a part of. So Evan did not see the picture and he hasn't seen my comment. Um, 
and Michael didn't put the picture in the chat he shares with Evan and I, probably because I made fun of him because I'm a horrible human being. <laughs> and, and in the picture, Michael is wearing a dress shirt that is like three sizes too big for him. And so he looks like a very happy, very butch lesbian. <laughs> He looks like a large lesbian woman and it's not a good look. And it looks like he's wearing a blouse. And I, and I, I put in the comment that he looked like a large lesbian, a large angry butch woman. And he was like, thanks. And he was very, he didn't seem upset, but he was like very annoyed by it. I feel really bad, but it was not a good look on him. I'm sure he bought the shirt because Michael is Michael and he's like never been to a store to buy anything unless his mom has gotten it for him. But. He's, uh, I'm sure he meant well, and he's having a good time there. So I'm sure he'll have pictures to share with uh, all of us, and maybe Evan can post them on the page. We shall see. Sure. But we wish for his safe return um, to become, to come back unmarried. Yeah. Um, and un, un with child <laughs> from, from, a, from, from a Chilean woman. But we, we shall see. And with no hepatitis. And with no hepatitis, because hepatitis is everywhere. We all need to we need to leave with the mouths we came with. No hepatitis, no herpes, okay? One in five, people. One in five. You monsters. Oh. Okay. Before we go on, that reminds me your comment. The Dave Chappelle special on Netflix. Oh my god, do yourselves a fucking favor and go watch it. It's so good. Does he have a new one? Or yeah, is, are you talking about the two that he did? There are two new ones up now. Oh, shit. There's two new ones. And the same, they're probably, they're, they're called Equanimity and the Birdman. <laughs> it's just a weird name, but. Um, it sounds like a, God, it sounds like an album title or something. Yeah, so this one, he was in D.C. He filmed it in D.C. And he talks about how he grew up in Silver Spring. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, yeah. So um, it's probably been out for a couple weeks, I think. But, uh, yeah, it was pretty good. Equanimity and the Birdman. But, uh, yeah, it's definitely worth the time. It's honestly full of hilarious moments. Uh, you know, something weird. Did you see the new one? You saw the, the, the one before this one, like last year, right? Yeah. Okay. So one was like super serious and the other one was hilarious. Yeah. So he seems to have these in his old, he's 44 now. So in his old age, he seems like he's come up with these moments of let's have a serious talk. Um, and he does that a lot in, in both of these shows. The second show, most of all, like the second show seems to be like him, like going on a very, like kind of weird, awkward talk, uh, because he was in LA for that show. And it was in a small, intimate restaurant, like type bar, like a uh, bar comedy shit club place. And very odd. He has this odd conversation with the crowd about the whole Me Too thing that's going on right now with women and actors and stuff like that. And uh, you know, I think I think because we're DC people, Evan being a a a, a country a, a country gentleman from the South, uh, we don't know what's going on in uh, L.A. Maybe in L.A. the Me Too thing is very big. Up here where I am, it's like okay. You know, but maybe in L.A. it's huge. So, you know, uh, he talks about it like it's a, a huge thing. 
and it's i don't know it's it's a weird it's there's some funny moments but the first one is the really funny one i definitely say you should watch the the second one because i would love to hear anyone's opinion ed if you're out there if you're listening (laughs) um when i say you i mean you ed you singular the one person who ever interacts with us whoever interacts with us um yeah it's a funny show i mean you know Anyway, so take a look at those. Um, Evan, I'm sure you'll look at them. Uh, the first one is hilarious. I mean, you'll fucking die. The second one is like pretty good, but you know, kind of deep, deeper than I want to see him going. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, because I just want a vapid release and not, not, I don't want to learn anything from a comedian. But, uh, at any rate, that said, let's get into the show here. Um, Evan, you've got the first story for us here. What do we got? Yeah, I got the first couple. Uh, just a brief mention. Um, over the Christmas vacation, I'll just call it that, over Christmas, um, there was some construction being done in the Dayu County in uh, good old Chinaland, and uh, they found a nest of 20 or 30 fossilized raptor eggs. I was like, oh shit, Jurassic Park, clever girl, we're oh going to have boy. some raptors soon. We got CRISPR, we got all this other stuff, so I did some very minimal digging, pun intended, and found out that, uh, in general, the half-life of DNA is about 500 years. Yeah. So <laughs> anything they could recover from that, if you can actually recover, you know, uh, viable DNA from a fossil, which is essentially rock, which is not, you can't test rock for anything really, um, or you can't extract much from rock, uh, anything that they get would be unusable. So... We'll just have to use CRISPR and frogs. So these were apparently something called a Nycoraptor, which is... Sounds awesome. Sounds like an awesome raptor. Doesn't it? Yeah. It's not. Yeah. It's it's like hip hip height, so like three feet tall. Um, It has like a feathered underbelly. Oh, no! And like, so you know... uh, uh, Hashtag not my raptor! (laughs) <laughs> so you know like a coxcomb or the turkey waddle it has like a big sack on its forehead come it's on like... <laughs> so it's like not cool at all you check it out it's the nyko raptor i hope the chinese um, people ate those eggs <laughs> shelling all assholes what yeah. a jerk where's my velociraptor man yeah um i'll try to find a picture and and send it to you james uh, there it were a has couple, such a cool name. A couple different articles about it. I know, right? You're like, oh, this thing is like, it's like a, uh, I've been watching Harry Potter, so I'm like, it's like a Death Eater. No, it's not a Death Eater. Um, but anyways. Actually, if you're, if you're having trouble finding this and you typed in Nyko Raptor with two Ks, <laughs> you will end up with a very cool looking uh, RC uh, truck. So that may make you feel better. <laughs> uh okay so that's all i really wanted to say about that you know i got excited and then uh the truth came out that uh it's it's hopeless dude i don't want to see any of these feathered fucking dinosaurs i don't care if it's real i don't care if they actually have feathers i don't want to see it 
I don't want to see it. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to know about it. My raptor's a scaly, lizardy, fucking <laughs> killing machine who fucking taps his claws on things and opens doors. Okay, not some fucking weak ass fucking feathered chump. Okay, with a feathery underbelly and a fucking gobbler growing out of his fucking forehead, no less. I don't want any of that in my raptor's life. Hashtag not my raptor. Okay. <laughs> If you look at the picture that I looked at, you're like, oh, yeah, it's definitely a chicken. Uh, no! <laughs> That's horrible. Uh. Uh, I'll move on to the next story here. I'm basically just going to read the, the headline I bet here. it's not even a good eating raptor. Oh, for sure it's not. It's all chewy. Uh. It's like super dark meat, like alligator. Jesus. Tastes horrible. like a swamp. And greasy as fuck. Oh, okay, I'm sorry. Really, Let's go. The meat is really crispy, James. Mm. It, it's, it's got crunchy legs. Ugh. Okay, so uh, Philippines President Rodrigo Duterte, Duterte? is the uh, person of the year for 2017, according to the Organized Crime and Corruption Reporting Project, which is a thing I didn't know existed, and I'm very happy and pleased that it does exist. So this organization um, for six years has recognized the individual who has done the most in the world to advance organized criminal activity and corruption. Uh, The the president of the Philippines is number one. (laughs) This did not play out the way he thought it would, did he? No. I bet when he heard about this, he's like, of course I am. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, so you're the person of the year. Fantastic. Dude, it didn't play out the way I thought it was going either. I thought nope. you're gonna, I thought you're gonna be like, this is a uh, Filipino paper, you know, whatever, some bullshit he made up. All right, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, but wouldn't you, I mean, even so, this is hilarious. Just take a little read. It's not too long, but the fact that there is an organized crime and corruption reporting project, I think, is hilarious. Dude, that's awesome. I'm glad. I'm glad for everything out there, there's somebody reporting on it to say, this is what's been happening this year. Yeah. You know, I'm glad someone's nuts enough and thorough enough to care about something like this. It is definitely not something you would think. I mean, we all know his policies are uh, extreme. We'll mm-hmm. just say that. Yeah. Basically, uh, murder, murder, and more murder. Um. But yeah, it's like the person most in the world who has done uh, the greatest deeds to advance organized crime is the president of the Philippines. Jeez. So get a good chuckle out of that. That's all I had for those two. Jeez. He beat out two African strongmen. <laughs> like, oh. <laughs> African strongmen? Yeah, that's what it says. That's great. I think of like uh, Thor. Uh, yeah, was that's Thor? what I Half thought Thor, of too. But like African. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> not the mangle. Not a warlord. Like, yeah, they're probably talking about. But like a guy who pulls 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 seven forty sevens. Yeah, that's what I was thinking of too. <laughs> like I just said, Darth Dorte, and then two swole ass African dudes. <laughs> By the way, since we're talking about uh, mistaken <laughs> identities in Africa, I yep. finally saw a couple of those VR chat knuckles videos. Yes. <laughs> Do you know the way? Dude, <laughs> let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. They are the worst, but they are so fucking funny. Oh. So the first one I saw, I heard the the shitty, actually the pretty good African accents first. 
And I was like, James was telling me about that. What is this little character? And I was like, that little mush of a you know object is yeah. supposed to be knuckles. Yeah. Like, Holy shit! It's a melted knuckles. It's the worst. <laughs> Oh, dude. So the one, the one, I told you about the one I saw, right? I think I told you about the one the guy was like, (laughs) he was yelling at the streamer. He's Mm -hmm. like, he's a, I am Ugandan, you know, whatever, like he doing it like his thing. And then he said, he, he like says, let me tell you something. You know, this is later. And he said, let me tell you something. What you made me do. (laughs) He said, I was at the computer and my mother came in. She said, you are so loud. You wake up everybody. Why the, why does everybody have to learn about Uganda at 1 a.m.? You know, I was like, <laughs> and and one guy at another video said he said I do the accent and he did this whole he said this whole thing in the accent. He's like I do it so much that when I read words, I read them in Uganda in this Ugandan accent. And I talk to my mom. I like have to catch myself, and sometimes I'll talk to her with the Ugandan <laughs> accent. And I like think that's so ridiculous, man. I'm like, because there's a whole. Okay, okay. So for people who don't know, there's a game called VR Chat where you can put on your VR headset or just from your computer, go in there. You wear an avatar, some 3D avatar, and you walk around and you can play games and socialize. Well, of course, the internet is the internet, <laughs> and you name the meme, and it appears in VR Chat. Because there's because Japanese people make lots and lots of VR, um, lots and lots of 3D animated characters, uh, copies of anime characters for MMD, which is a, a music, a music video thing that they do in Japan, where they take they make a music video play with their with a, an animated character from a game, or a movie, or a TV show, or a, some anime. Well, because of that. Uh, world, there's all these, this huge dump of characters, of famous characters out there. And there's video game characters, including Knuckles and Mario, and you name the anime character, they have them and all that stuff. So all these little meme things have popped up, you know? There's the Kana gang, which is a gang of grown men who <laughs> wear the Kana avatar from an anime whose name I cannot say, but she's a three foot tall girl who wears a pink dress. And they go on raids and they yell racist things and they have a song based on the uh, Gucci gang song, which is hilarious. <laughs> and then there's the Ugandan Knuckles guys. <laughs> and there's the, they, there's a horde of them. There's thousands of them. We're wild you know? in here. Yeah. And there's, oh, there's the, the, the penguin boys. <laughs> All have this weird penguin avatar. They're like, we're waddling here. We're waddling. They're definitely the Italian mob. Yeah, and they're definitely like a mob. You know what I mean? Like the Italian mob. That's their whole thing. But they're like, we're waddling here. You know, it's very funny, honestly, to watch. I couldn't play. I have VR chat. I tried to play it once, and there was a guy just yelling the N word as he ran through, and I was like, okay, good enough. You know, I've had my fill, but I get it. You know, I'm not social enough for it, but I definitely get it, and it's fun to watch. So check that out. I'll put a link of it in the thing. Since we're VR talking trivia. about uh, uh, video games real quickly, even though we've got some some game theory later, I was reading on the internet. Someone pointed out they were talking about the Mario Brothers, and they were questioning: Is Mario's name Mario Mario? Because you would traditionally say that Mario Brothers, like that's their last name. Oh yeah, true. Is it Luigi Mario and Mario Mario? What the fuck are their parents thinking? Oh, boy. That's a good question. It's bad form. 
Don't you? Which is another Bob Hoskins reference, if anyone don't, knows. Don't you feel sorry for you, Luigi? That he's referred to as one of the Mario brothers, basically <laughs> by his brother's first name. Like he's mm-hmm. that he's that unimportant. Oh, yeah. Poor guy. He's always gotten a bad rep, but he's uh consistently done nothing to prove himself worthy of being number one, so it's That's his true. own fault. Very true. So what can we say about uh sloppy Steve James? Oh boy, sloppy Steve. Which is I find Totally ridiculous that he used to, Steve Bannon used to be like Trump's go-to guy, and now he's just talking shit about him. So, Even though I'm sure Steve Bannon talked shit about Trump after he was gone. Well, so here's what happened, right? Back in 2017, a long, long time ago in 2017, uh, a guy, uh, Daniel, I think it's Daniel Wolf. Uh, hold on, let me find the article. I got it open here. Um uh, something wolf. I think it's Daniel Wolf. Well, anyway, this guy made a book. Okay, he he or this guy, this author, Mister Wolf, received unprecedented access to the to the White House. Okay, unprecedented, like huge access. He just wandered around the White House asking people questions, and right now, a lot of people are wondering how this guy received access to this kind of access. Because like the 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 book is basically like a kind of a butcher piece, uh, you know, he like lays the entire first year of the presidency or a year and a half or whatever you want to call it on the butcher's block. He cuts it apart in this book, and one of the things he has is is Bannon on the record saying that Donald Trump Jr. and Kushner are basically idiot bunglers, unpatriotic treason, and that. He's 100% certain that the Russians who had the interview, had the talk in Trump Towers with, with Donald Jr. and Kushner, he's like, he's 100% certain. He says in the book, he says, I'm 100, I, I'm, he said, there's no way that Daniel G, Don Jr. didn't take those, those, those Jamos, that's the word he used, Jamos, up to see his dad before they left the Trump Towers after that meeting. So, of course, it's got many people riled up. And <clears throat> Bannon is normally a pretty quiet guy, um, but uh, now Donald, there's a huge hailstorm of bullshit about it now, and because Trump is like going after him, going after his neck, and they sent him a cease and desist order and everything else, you know, the whole cease and desist order just makes Trump look guilty to me. I don't know what you think, Evan, but you know, if there, if a person, everything a person has to say is bullshit. I mean, why are you sending cease and desist orders and all this kind of thing? It just right. seems it's like, kind of a confirmation. Yeah, basically, it kind of says, oh, he knows something, whatever. So now Bannon is backpedaling big time, which I really, you know, he's saying, ah, that was taken out of context. And I told him, you know, I meant that Paul Manafort, who was also at the meeting, was a treasonous person. And, you know, Paul Manafort's the whipping boy right now because he is a treasonous piece of shit. He is an unpatriotic piece of garbage uh, and a slum human. And he loves he loves Mother Russia, you know. He's been bought and sold many years ago, and the Donald. If Donald Trump's organization didn't know that, that's their own fault. That's poor due diligence on their fault, on their part. Um, but basically, he's saying Paul Manafort was the problem the whole time. That's who he meant. It's too late now. It's pretty clear, you know, that he wouldn't have. I don't think that's. I don't think that what he's saying is true. I think he's just trying to backpedal right now. I don't know why. 
You know, I really don't know why. And this this article kind of, I mean, it's, it's an okay article. It's worth a read. The article says that he's basically isolated from his political allies and cut off from his financial patrons. The thing is, Steve Bannon, he's not running for anything. And no one's going to put him in anything. He's an alt-right maniac. You know, he's a gar- a, uh, he's also a garbage human. Yeah. So isolated from what political allies, he's not a political person. He was an editor of a fucking alt-right garbage paper, internet trash blog, Breitbart, and he'll probably go back to doing that. You know, that's okay. And that's perfectly fine. So I don't, this, this article makes it seem like he, they're trying to give him motivation for doing what he's doing. I don't know what his motivation is. I think it's more something like Trump's, Trump said, I'll stop all this if you fucking toe the line. Mm-hmm. And He'd rather he's afraid of what he's afraid of the of the splashback on on Breitbart and other things that he might want to do in the future from the Trump uh, the Trump movement you could say you know I would say it's just more publicity probably so probably that as well you know um, but it's 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 to me if it's publicity it's a bad step it's a bad move I don't see what he could gain from it. I don't see what anybody, anybody can gain from like this backtrapping. At least if you're going to do something, fucking stand up, you know? Hold on to your fucking guns and go burning down it with them, you know what I mean? Yeah. Just fucking ride it out, you know? I'd be no, like, I mean, yeah, that, I, yeah that, that's what I meant. I, I, I said it. His wife's pussy smells like fish, too. <laughs> you know what I mean? Just go hard, man. <laughs> he definitely should. And, I mean, he shouldn't be afraid of any backlash from uh, from the the Trump Legion because if you get – Basically, the you know at any point in the future, a former president commenting about you, then that's a lot of free publicity. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, it's funny because so the uh, we just talked about this, but on the Dave Chappelle special, he talks a lot about yeah, not a lot, but he makes some very interesting comparisons. But he talks a fair amount about Trump and the Trump White House because I guess he had a lot of problems. Like people thought he was pro-Trump for a long time and people were like, oh, he's your boy and all this kind of stuff. And he was like, no, it's not pro-Trump at all. He's like, I just, you know, whatever, you know, he explains all that. But he kind of says something very interesting about Trump, which was like, maybe Trump is the bad thing that we need to happen to get it together, mm-hmm. you know? And I don't know if that's true or not. I don't. I don't know. But I think it's a very an interesting concept. I mean, maybe if we stick this out, maybe life will get better. I don't know. I mean, I don't know. Was life bad? I, well, before Obama, the I don't before know. the election, Trump or, or I mean Bush. Yeah, I mean before the elections, people were so, I guess, dissatisfied with everything that someone made the comparison that uh, you know the American public is willing to drop a nuclear bomb in the middle of everything just to see what happens. Yeah, true. To blow the whole shit apart. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully fix it uh, somehow. Yeah. We'll but I think very little about our daily lives have changed other than people commenting about how much they don't like him, which my yeah. mom does at every chance. Yeah, no, and I know. And I think you're right. I, I don't think, I haven't really been impacted directly by Trump. It's not like the Trump police have come and asked for my Trump card to make sure I'm a 
trumping in I, I, I don't know you know what i mean it's like right. like not, not, like nothing's happening you know what i mean it's just like he's a, he's more like a it's more like a kind of a like a, a railroad on fire and crashing into another railroad for four years straight and we're all driving by on a on a perfectly aligned highway watching this fucking four-year-long accident mm-hmm. is basically what it feels like you know what i mean it's we let's get impacted. Maybe a you know a little debris splashes on the road, and we just swerve out of the way. I mean, you know, I, I don't know. I think maybe if net neutrality something happens with that in a couple of years because of laws, then we'll see. Maybe we'll see something or this whole weed thing that Jeff Sessions is trying to push now, yeah. um, which I think is naive. And 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 um, you know, I, I, I that's not in the show notes because you know I think we kind of talk about things that you wouldn't normally hear. So, um, you, if you want to hear, learn more about that, there's a lot of really good places to hear about that. But, um, just briefly, Jeff Sessions has rolled back the laws that Obama placed that allowed, basically said, said, Hey, the states don't have to, there's no mandate for federal, for federal, for federal government officers and courts in states to enforce have to have to have to have to enforce these weed these laws about marijuana just to allow states to do what they wanted to decide to do what they wanted about it whether they wanted to like make it legal or do whatever so basically jeff sessions rolled those laws back people have overhyped it and said oh jeff sessions is trying to take marijuana away but he can't and he's not doing that and you know what after Colorado made like a billion dollars in tax revenue, mm-hmm. it's not going to ever happen. I think they made six hundred million dollars, six hundred million dollars in tax revenue last year. Three hundred million of that went to schools, you know, of money they never had before. Right. You know, so I mean, it's naive to think that they're going to go back on that. You know, I can see states succeed, seceding from the union over letting that weed money go away. <laughs> I mean, it's a lot of money. Yeah, it is. You think about a state like like billions like, per year. Is yeah, eventually. You think, yeah, you think about where ten, you think Tennessee, not Tennessee, but like Alabama or one of those states that's like just like having a horrible time. They're in the hole, you know, and they're getting beat up by opioid addiction. Yeah. Dude, New Mexico, weed, Mississippi. Yeah, weed. Weed is a great cessation for cessation drug for opioids. You know, it helps people with opioid addictions, big time. Mm-hmm. So, you know. I, it just seems like a win-win all all around the board. Imagine if Alabama had an extra six hundred million dollars a year coming in. Oh my gosh, you know. And if, and the thing is, it's it's uh, I don't know, man. There's a whole another talk conversation to have there about that. Now we'll save it for another time when there's more to talk about. Yeah, but yeah. Anyway, okay, okay. It's my turn, isn't it? Uh, if you want to talk more. Oh no, no, that's not mine. No, no, it's you. Go ahead. Let's yeah. see what do we got. Stranger so Danger. in uh, Stranger Danger. A gigantic new security flaw, all setting off all the uh, alerts and, and red flags everywhere, um, with very little effect on our daily lives, once again. Um, <clears throat> so there's actually two called uh, Meltdown Inspector. Meltdown's probably the one that's getting a lot more publicity right now, because it is basically in it's the last, say, 15 or so years of chips from intel except for a very few uh number of atom processors are vulnerable because they use something um god what was the term let me look back here something about like predictive execution um 
speculative execution, I believe it was. So what that is saying, imagine your computer's decision or uh, decisions are and processing is based on like forks. Like, okay, we'll start this execution from here. We're going to definitely need to do this, but we might need to do this also. So the processor will do both. If it goes the second way, um, that was not like specifically known at the time, but sort of predicted or speculated, then it's like, great. We already did that process. We can go on to the next one. So, you know, that in turn makes the CPUs faster, which is probably why Intel has had, you know, the, the better benchmarks for over the last decade, because AMD does not use that technique. Um, so what happens is now there's some exploit where within all this, um, these speculative calculations, that information is stored in memory. And now there's ways to basically access what's in that memory. Um, I, you know, I'm not doing it justice with a, a, a very good explanation, but if you're concerned about it, um, you, you may already know if you work in data centers and are responsible for patching, you definitely already know. Now this was originally released or like manufacturers and companies were told about this a few months ago, back in November. So they could work on, um, you know, patching and fixes for all this. And so for, for anyone listening, if you're concerned about it, basically just, you know, if you run windows update windows, there's already patches out for it. You probably already have it. If windows updates already on, um, if you are in the enterprise and worried about your domain controllers, you probably shouldn't be because essentially the way this is exploited is through, you know, non trusted software. Like, so if you have a domain controller, you're likely not running uh, anything other than a Microsoft product on it. I'm going to assume, but for, you know, desktop users, we all have like, you know, 40, 50 different programs running um, each of which might have a patch for it, each of which might eventually need to be recompiled. Who knows? Um, I know, you know, certain password managers, which Mike is a fan of, might be at risk um, <laughs> through, you know, exploits in Firefox or Chrome, although there is already a patch from Firefox. Who knows if it covers everything, though? Um, but the article that I posted gives a pretty good rundown of the two exploits and uh, what is affected, what's to be expected, what to do, whether or not to panic. Uh, you know, no need to panic, really. Just keep everything updated. If you have an Intel CPU, which I do, and I know James does, and I know Mike does, um, it might be also a good idea to check out if your motherboard manufacturer has any BIOS updates within the last two weeks. Um, so, yeah, that's it for the security thing. Related to that, the CEO of Intel, upon learning of this in November, sold like $30 million worth of Intel stock. (laughs) Yeah. So uh, I'm sure he's in some shit right now and with very little gained because the stock is essentially back to where he sold it. Uh, I guess he assumed it was just going to tank and keep falling and that he would you know, maybe do some jail time or be under some investigation, but he'd, he would have made it out with $40 million. Who knows? Uh, but that I believe qualifies as insider trading. Yeah, I think it does. 
So that's no good for him. Good. Fuck him. Yep. Fuck him. Rich fuck. <laughs> <laughs> you know? and, and it's funny, like, they, when that happened, I think, you know, there was talk about that, and people were like, why? You know? Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but now, I guess now we know, right? Yep. <clears throat> okay. Um. Yeah, I know. I know. I have some machines. I know of machines that aren't patched, but they have zero. Well, they're essentially not, no risk. There's, I mean, yeah, they're no risk off network, you know, oh, or yeah. or not off network, but they're in a black box sort of machines, <laughs> right? So, um. All right, so this is just something I noticed today, honestly, before we did the show, and I wanted to mention it. So I went into my Google Drive where we keep the show notes, and every week I have to play this game of find the show notes because the show notes are in a folder called the IO panel, and I have a million folders in my Google Drive. So I have to go through them alphabetically. And so what I've recently done is I changed the color of the IO panel folder to a different color. So there's three full, three or four folders that have a different color and they're all different colors. So all I have to do is look for a folder with a color and then read it. And I'm like, Oh, okay. That's the IO panel. That's no, that's something else or whatever, you know, but I noticed last week or the week before last that the IO panel, the show notes were already up in the recents. And I was like, that's weird. You know, that's very strange. Why are they there? And, but I didn't think about it. I just thought, oh, that's the old notes from the last time. For some reason, I, and I thought, oh, maybe the last time I was in here was last week. You know, that's why it's showing me this, whatever. So this week I saw it and I went ahead and clicked through to the show, to the IO panel folder. And I said, no, 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 let me backtrack and see what that pick vial is. So I backtracked to that file and it said, IO panel show notes, <laughs> January 7th. And then it said in the bottom, and it, in quotations, it said, due to past activity. So there's some algorithm, some sneaky, cheeky little algorithm running in Google Drive that says, oh, he every Sunday, he goes to this folder and pulls out a file. And it didn't pull out last week's file or the week before's file. It pulled out the file from January fucking 7th that I have never opened before. <laughs> it's so fucking creepy. Okay, if that doesn't qualify to be stranger danger, I don't know what does. And I guess we have to get used to a world where computers are going to start doing shit like this, right? Where things are going to start to predict because because we're so fucking regular. Like, we're so, even though we think we're like, I'm a wild card, you know, you can't, no one can predict me. We're actually really predictable. Like, we only eat white bread and we only like Diet Coke. And every Sunday we record a podcast with these two other assholes. You know, it's like, <laughs> we're just super predictable and we don't realize it. And I guess we have to get used to the computers now smart enough to know. But I just found that really creepy, you know. And your work schedule is very predictable also. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Your path to and from, you know, where you might go grocery shopping. Because most people, I mean, I like to try out different grocery stores, as James knows. But most people will just go to the same grocery store, you know, a couple times a week. Yeah. So that's pretty pretty traceable. But I didn't know that was um, something that Google Drive was doing. That's I'm pretty impressed by it. I'm wondering if you can turn it off, just like you can turn off like search suggestions. You know, I wish I, I, I okay. Part of me wants to turn it off. A big part of me, like more than fifty percent, but a small part of me wants to leave it and see what else happens. See what else it predicts. You should see what else happens because if even if you turn it off, I'm sure it's just like 
in parentheses in the small print. This is just turning off your notification. We're yeah, still it's not, track yeah. You. yeah, it's just not <laughs> showing me something. It's not, they're still doing it. Yeah. You know, they're hundred percent still doing it. So, and, and when you, just so you, anyone knows, you know, just so there's no confusion, when you sign up for Google Drive, you're letting them do this. Like you're giving them access to see your files and everything like that. It's free. You know, actually I paid for this, but this, but it's the best price going up, going best price in town for storage. And for what you get, you're paying for them to see all this shit. You know, you're letting them see all this shit in the terms of service. So yeah. Um, just thought it was an interesting fact, an interesting thing I noticed though, mm-hmm. you know, and there could be a merry, I could be over exaggerating. It could be a number of reasons. It could have noticed that the file has changed. And of all the files, this file changed. And it's, so it's showing me this one. Right. But like, the fact oh, that it said base, yeah, but the fact that it says based on past activity, mm-hmm. I find very confusing because I wouldn't consider Evan entering, entering his stuff into the show notes this week, past activity. You know, that's just very oddly worded. If anything, it's a due to recent activity, mm-hmm. you know, not past activity. So to me, past activity kind of alludes to like, oh, we kind of predict that you might want this, you know. So I know Google wants to work toward those things. I just thought it was kind of odd. So, yeah, that's it. Nice. That's all I had there. It looks like nothing in sci-fi this week because uh, Michael's not here to give us any weirdness. Uh, I did read some <laughs> books, but nothing special. Nothing I'm too thrilled about. Uh uh, I will mention this. Uh, one book I'm reading right now is a series called World Seed. It's another lit RPG. Uh, the first three books were really good. The third book, it the series ends, and I was prepared for that end. I was like, okay, it ended, you know. Then they came out. Then I saw a fourth book in the library, so I picked it up. And I started going through it, or started listening to the the fourth book, and I'm about 25 or 45 percent, 25, 35 percent way through the book. And the series itself, just imagine you took everything you wanted in a sci fi slash anime slash porno and dumped it all into a bucket, stirred it around and poured it out into a TV, into a book. That's what this book is. OK, it's not like porn. I shouldn't say porno, but like it, it's a, it's every man's you know, wet dream for what you'd want your sci-fi adventure to be. You know, you have managed magical powers over every goddamn thing. You have two hot ass chicks who want to bone you all the time. All the women around you are fucking smoking hot. You have your own spaceship and a crew and you have power over life and death. And you're basically a God. So that's what the the fourth book is. To me, these books are fun because, or lit RPG in general is fun because there's strife. Like you care about what the characters are doing because they have to work through a problem to become better. They start at level zero and they work their way up to achieve new things. This book, the K main character is a fucking god, basically. And so now this is like, this is like the author just wanted to write a fun book where the main character spends his time flexing his power and having ridiculous things happen. And at one scene, his escorts, he has these escort ships that came with him and they turn into like basically four Voltrons and one big ass Voltron and they start fighting <laughs> in space. And I was like, okay, I'm not going to read this anymore. And I stopped reading it. You know, and part of me wants to go back because I love the characters and stuff, but the story is so bad and so off-putting by by the level of the ridiculitude that this book has in it. It just it's it's like jumps the shark on itself. It's weird. So yeah, that's all I'm reading right now. So this is you said the series ended after the first three. Was it an appropriate and satisfying conclusion? And this this fourth book is just like why does it exist? So. 
the beginning of the book, the beginning of the the beginning of the series starts off with the main character um, playing this game and the game becoming reality. And long story short, a bunch of things happen. And the Earth is all hosed, so all humanity kind of goes you know amongst the stars, and he goes to warn other races about the game and that the game is coming and that their worlds are about to change also. And the basically in the beginning of the second book, he gets a mission to say, okay, now you have to go and warn this, this group of people who somehow between somehow go, are going to be extinct because of this game. So you have to warn them. So they get a mission to go warn those people. And at the end of the third book, he gets to those people and he talks to them and he learns that they're idiots and he has to help them through everything. And so that's what he ends up doing. You know, he's like baby stepping them through everything. So, and you kind of get satisfied because, you know, everything is really good for him. You know, he's got his wife and he's got, or he's got two girlfriends and they're both hot and he's getting his dick sucked all the time. And you're like, okay, <laughs> you know, and he's like, he's really smart and he's cool. And he's got a lot of power. You're like, okay, this is good. Like, it's a good ending. But then the new book is like five years later and five years later, he's even more of a fucking God. You know, the, the last book ended with him at like level 30 or something, you know, um, the new book ends with him at like level 110 or something, something crazy Jesus. like that. And it's like five years later. So basically all the fun stories that could have happened in those five year periods, they didn't, they robbed us of all those and give us this one junk story that the author probably was like, Oh, this will be fun. Like he took a bunch of garbage ideas that he wanted to put in other books and dumped them into this book. I'm sure of it. You know, like the whole Voltron robot thing. That's like, just basically like some kid's boner. You know, it's like an eight-year-old's boner of like, I wish I could have fucking Voltron robots. And that's what he does. And then they fight a space dragon. And I'm like, what? Stop. What's <laughs> happening? You know? And the book stopped, just stopped being fun to me, you know? So that kind of reminds me of when like a sci-fi show like Star Trek Enterprise or something gets canceled and they have to sort of wrap up the series in like two episodes. Yeah. And like, okay, uh, 20 years from now, everything worked out. Ta-da. Yeah, basically. And they give you like, say, a twenty years, twenty years, twenty years from now, and then they give you a one-hour show of exposition, yeah, and that's it, and that's the end of the series. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So mm. it's too bad. Oh, but yeah. Well. All right. What do you got? Sorry. Well, sorry if it uh, spoiled your experience of the other three. No, books. it's fine. It's fine. So the next story I have here in uh, in our official game section um, happened a couple of weeks ago. Uh, unfortunately, swatting is something that exists, uh, mostly for live streamers, I guess, though I'm sure it happens, uh, you know, I was going to say between friends, <laughs> not not between friends, <laughs> but <laughs> for people off stream. And when I'm talking about live streamers, I mean like on Twitch and YouTube gaming, people who are presenting their themselves and their gaming experience to the world. There's something called doxing where... Um, well, doxing is more like just having all their personal information, uh, released to the public, I guess. But someone, if they have that information, then they can essentially call in threats and, uh, get the SWAT team to, to come to that person's house. Um, so that something like that happened recently where two guys had apparently a $2 bet, uh, from something that happened in call of duty and, uh, the person who, I guess, was angrier at the situation, whatever that may be, uh, called in the SWAT team 
to go to the other person's house oh, claiming huh hey, hey let me let me can i yeah. can i help you you okay. may okay so you're right up until that whole thing till the whole like the guy who the guy called the SWAT team so basically the angriest guy went to a guy on twitter whose name was called his twitter name was like you swat him or something like that <laughs> This really skinny looking creepy, creepy guy who looked like a fucking rapist. Okay. He tweeted him and he paid that guy to swat this guy. Mm -hmm. Okay. And that's what this guy does as a business. He swats people as a business. So they paid this guy and I forgot his name, but they said his name on there. It's not his name's like just swat him on Twitter or something. But he's they paid him to, to he paid this guy to swat him and like a couple of bitcoins or half a bitcoin or a quarter of a bitcoin or something like that. And the guy called in, you know, he egged the guy on the he egged the other guy on on Facebook or Twitter or something like that and started harassing him and was mm -hmm. able to get the guy's address under like, I don't want to say under false pretenses, but he was like, I'm going to come to your house or whatever. Yada, yada. And the guy was like, he's like, give me your address. I'm coming. And so when he got the guy's address, that's when he swatted him. The, the address the guy gave him was of course the wrong address. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. So, okay. So the SWAT team shows up under obviously false pretenses saying that, uh, you know, the, the person in the house already killed someone, had a couple hostages, might set the house on fire. Anyways, the actual person who lived there did and said none of these things um, and was surprised to have the SWAT team show up and uh, shoot him to death. So that is unfortunate. Yeah. Yeah. And this, this, the guy, this guy, um, this, the is guy who Tyler did the Tyler Does that name sound familiar? He, in the, in the article, if you happen to click on it, he looks like the most creepy. Big head, super skinny. Yeah, that sounds like him. Okay. Kind of light skinned or Spanish or something like uh, that. Yeah. Yeah, that's him. Uh yeah, that's him. That's him. Yeah. So he's yeah, in so, custody, I guess. Yeah, they are, they caught him immediately. And the reason they caught him was because a reformed hacker went on Twitter and offered like seven thousand dollars for his address and information. Mm -hmm. And the people turned on him immediately. <laughs> Such a great community. Yeah. I wonder how long his swatting business was operational. Well, he bragged about swatting this guy, and he's been swatting people for years, apparently. And when I say swatting, I mean, he he's less someone who swats people for a living and more of a scumbag who likes making prank phone calls. Mm. So that's what he's doing. He calls in bomb threats. He says he claims to have called in the the bomb threat on the uh uh the bomb is a bomb threat on uh, it was either on the Demo the Democratic National Convention or the or the GOP National Convention he called in like some famous bomb threat that we've heard about it recently and he called in a bunch of bomb threats he's been doing it for years and he's gone to jail once for it already hmm. so he's 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 a pro he's been doing it for a long time um <clears throat> I don't want to say a pro. I mean, he's a fucking idiot. You know, it's how hard is this call and say, there's a guy with a gun here and he's got his fucking dick in his hands or whatever, you know. But so there's two things here I see that are really kind of fucked up, which is like, one, this guy, you know, he says he went on, uh, Krebs and Security interviewed him before he got arrested. 
John uh, John Krebs. Mm-hmm. He interviewed him. He did a he did a DM interview. He interviewed him in the DMs. What the fuck? <laughs> yeah, and Krebs asked him, said, "Are you responsible for this guy's death?" And he's like, "No." He said, "This is he said, it's the police's fault, not my fault." Uh-huh. Um, and then uh, Keemstar, if you know who he is, you may or may not, but Keemstar had a phone interview with him and had him on the show. So there's a Keemstar interview with this guy and this Krebs on security interview, which we can, I'm sure we can go find if we want to look for it. If you want to look for it, it's pretty easy to find. Um, but uh, the other problem here, as I see, is you got a guy standing in a doorway and the cops are so fucking scared, they just shoot the guy. Like, and I'm sure they were like, put your hands on the da 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 da. And the guy was like, huh? Like, mm-hmm. he acted like anybody else would. Like, the thing is, I think it's human nature and male nature. Like, you come through life, you know? It's, it, how can I phrase this? Your home is your domain. And mm-hmm. even on a micro scale in that, your, your body is your domain. So we raised as men, we grew up our entire lives in this space where it's like, if you violate my domain, there's going to be a problem. Now, maybe we've evolved to say that problem could mean I'm going to call the police or whatever. But at some low level, some some fucking machine learning, some machine code level of ones and zeros in our fucking code, there's a level where we're like, I'm going to fucking put hands to face. You know, there's some like fucking lizard brain in every man who's like, yo, we're going to have a problem. Okay. And I don't care who you are. That's every man. You could be like, I'm a pacifist. No, 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 no. If somebody's threatening your fucking personal space, you're not going to just roll up an ass ball and and die. No one's going to just do that. You're going to fight back a little bit at some point. Maybe it'll break sooner than others, but you will. So that said, if police come to you and you feel wrong, you're going to be like, yo, you got the wrong guy. What the fuck? You know what I mean? You're, you, there's going to be an aggro level there. Even if it's like your, your logic, like we can all sit back and Monday quarterback and say, well, why didn't he just fucking bend over and let the cops keister him? You know, right. we can all, we can all do that. But the reality is nobody's going to do that. Like, I don't care who you, you could be fucking Michael, me or Evan. Nobody's going to be like, oh, okay, go ahead. You, you know, cause if you know you're right, you're going to be like, yo, I'm right, dude. I have the right to defend myself. What the hell? You can't just come and fucking tase me in my house or whatever you're going to do or just fucking flashlights. I got kids. He has kids in his house. Yeah. And he has whatever a family. uniform they're wearing. I mean, they're still a person. Yeah, exactly. So I, I don't see like people. People will say like when you see you hear about some guy getting shot in his car or shot in front of his house or whatever by the cops. People will say this. The same excuse is like, well, why didn't he just listen to the cops? But that's not human nature. I don't care who you are. Nobody just listens. Everybody has to, you have to tell people something and give them a reason to act in their best interest and then they'll act. Nobody just does. Okay. Especially not America. We are not a country of sheeple, even though we totally are, <laughs> you know, like at our core, we're not a country of sheeple who just take it, you know, maybe politically we are, but we aren't normally. <laughs> so I'm sorry. I went on a little rant here, but that's because I think this is, I think the cops are as responsible as this guy is, you know, yeah. the, the cops shouldn't, I mean, the, that officer is obviously going to walk away and have serious problems because he killed an innocent man, you know, but the thing is, how do how does he get in the headspace? How is his fear level ratcheted so high that he has to feel like he needs to pull that trigger, you know? Yeah. 
I mean, as I guess there, if you're on the, if you're on the SWAT team, you would think that there's some sort of training that goes in, in place about, you know, okay, yes, you can be on high alert. No, this is not the end of the world. Um, please pay attention. Yeah. But I don't know. Exactly. Maybe, maybe it's like you're on the SWAT team. You've been called in to uh, address a situation. You are in the right. You have the body armor. You have the weapons. Uh, go do your job. I don't know. Uh, Hopefully man. it's not that. It probably is. It probably is. You know, it's funny. ETC News, where I saw this article, they said, they said, why didn't they just like knock on the door? So I don't think a cop would knock on the door and I wouldn't advise them to. <laughs> Because if this was legit, the door could be booby-trapped or any number of things could be going on. But that said, hopefully police countries across the country, police police, police departments across the country will look at this and say, we have to do better. You know, there must be a way for us to do better to save people's lives. Because swatting is not going to stop because the Internet is a horrible place. And we know that if the Ugandan knuckles can exist... <laughs> You know, and if this guy can fucking be on Twitter talking about how much he loves, I mean, the whole, his whole Twitter channel is probably deleted by now, but that's all he did was talk about swatting people. You know, like he's known as a known guy who swats people and nobody did anything. You know, do, it's not like anyone. to know yeah. if uh, a hostage negotiator is part of a SWAT team? I have no idea. You know, Kevin Spacey would have us think so from those movies. But, you know, uh, real- in reality, we know Kevin Spacey won't do anything unless there's dick involved. Dick right. to be had. So <laughs> be careful what you say, James. He's a yeah. gay man. I know. Uh, he's gay. Yeah. You're right. He's innocent. He's an innocent gay man. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, no. Because um, they have know, cool man. heads, don't they? Hostage negotiators. They're like, it's, it's cool, man. We'll work this out. Yeah. I'm gonna, so let me send in some pizza. I promise there's no bug in the box. Well, there's definitely a bug in the box. You know what? I think that I think that that is probably an underestimated position. I think they probably went in there and they they said their hostage, the guy who talks to hostages is like Sergeant Andrews or something who has no formal training, and he just, hey, in there, put your hands down. We want to talk to you. And the guy's like, what? What's going on? Open fire. (laughs) Yeah, the guy's like, he's like, open fire. (laughs) Sorry, he's holding a banana. You know, yeah. I don't know. It's just horrible, dude. Do you think it's, you could find your calling as a hostage negotiator, James? Not at I all. know you like military and police operations. I have no patience. I have no patience for that, man. I couldn't talk to idiots because no, you know what? I wouldn't get the guy who's like, um, who's like, who's just holding a banana and very confused as to why there's a SWAT team outside. <laughs> I'd get the guy who's out of his fucking mind and just wants us to leave so he can continue beating his wife and slit his son and daughter's throat. I'd get uh-huh. that guy, you know, and I could deal with it. You know, I'd be the first one to shoot a motherfucker. Right. You know, <laughs> so I'm definitely not the one for that job. And I, you know what? Sometimes I, <laughs> I've actually thought about that before. Like, how good would I be at hostage negotiation? And I always think about it after I talk to somebody. Have you ever talked to a person who needs you to help them? And when you talk to them, you clearly, clearly say a thing that is a clear misstep. 
you know (laughs) (laughs) that clearly makes them feel worse about themselves and there's a second there's a moment when you're like i fucked up you know (laughs) and dude that happens to me all the time i think about it and i'm like i'm doing good and i try i go push it extra and i fucking i'm like i can only imagine how many people would have jumped off roofs or shot their families because i was like hey man you know you can do better you know (laughs) Or, or whatever you know so yeah no i wouldn't be good at that job I'm gonna kill my whole family. Do it, pussy. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so that's a no for you then. Yeah. I don't think I'd be a good in that job either. No, I just on the temperament, man. Just yeah. on the temperament. Like we all, we're all here. We called. We got called out because you're an asshole. Um, we want to go home. Just do whatever you're gonna do. Then we'll kill you, and then we'll go home. Yeah, basically. Basically. All right. So good story. Thank you for the clarification also. No, it's no problem. It's no problem. I, I thought it was, I, I heard the, uh, ETC news where I get all my news, where I steal all my news from is where I heard it. And you know, I heard it and I thought, I'll put this in the show notes. And I promptly forgot about it. So, <laughs> thank Thank you, Evan, for getting, cause this is a good story. And this is like right up our alley. Honestly, yeah. I wish Michael was here to put his two cents in. We'll have to bug him about it when he gets back. Mm-hmm. Chili with his new family. Yeah. <laughs> um <laughs> okay, so um next up I've got a little quick a little quickie uh about a new game I just started playing, Escape from Tarkov. I've been harassing everybody about it, trying to get them to play it. Um it is a uh the best way I can say it is a small arena combat game. Uh imagine the arena combat of well, imagine uh PUBG Player knowns battlegrounds with its, but take away the circles and the constant like pressure to gather loot. No, actually, it's all about gathering loot. That's a bad analogy. Scratch everything I said. <laughs> Imagine a first-person shooter that takes place on a small map, and the whole goal is to get in and get out. But while you're in there, you want to gather loot so you can either keep some of it, alter it sell it and then take the money to either buy more better things or keep the loot, fix it for yourself and alter it for yourself and then go back in and and fight again. So that's so you're the like whole a goal. military scavenger. Yeah, you basically the the, the there's a storyline behind it. You're in a you're in a state a uh, 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 you're in a uh Russian city called Tarkov. Its city's been abandoned by the government, and there's three factions sort of fighting over the leftovers. Uh, the reason it was abandoned was because of a biohazard or chemical leak by a company called TerraCore or TerraSoft or something like that. Um, they're a biogenetics firm or something like that, or pharmacy, pharmaco- pharmacological company or whatever. And so there's USEC, which is basically a United a US contractor PMC group who works for Terra Terra TerraCore TerraSoft whatever they're called and they're the goal is you're getting in there and getting things for TerraSoft then there's the bears which is like let's say a Russian a PMC group um paid for by the Russian government which is whose job it is to find out what happened in Tarkov and investigate uh then the last group is the scavs which is their scavengers the scavengers are like locals, people who live in the area, people who are from Tarkov and are coming back in. And they're basically, they're scavenging, they're stealing, they're looking for weapons, guns, 
supplies, TVs, food, whatever. And they're finding all those things. And I guess the goal is they're finding them and taking them out of Tarkov. Um, or they're using them to live, to continue living in Tarkov. I don't know. But right now the scavs are AI. They're all AI. And you can, every person is capable of playing as an AI player, um, in half hour intervals. Uh, <clears throat> and then you have the bears and the PMC, the bears and the USAC, which is Russian and versus US basically. Uh, and as the game plays out, you load into the game and you run around killing everyone and try not to be killed and you're stealing their loot. So this, this game, I would say if you're OCD and you like loot management and you like having to make the right decision on limited resources and capabilities, this is the game for you. Honestly, the FPS combat is a small part. You know, there's a whole tactical level to it also, but you could go in, load it in as a scaf, and then immediately extract, immediately leave the game and keep all the gear the scaf has. Um, because the scaf player is a, the scaf player is a, it's a randomly generated player that's issued a piece of equipment. It could be a pistol, could be a shotgun, could be an AK-47, um, they could have a backpack, they could have a hat, they could have goggles or a helmet or, or, uh, armor. It could be any number of things. And they spawn in and run around with that stuff. And they basically shoot all the players on, 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 on site, except they don't shoot other scavs on site. So if you're a player scav, you can work with the scavs, um, or use them against the other players or any number of things, which is a cool mechanic. Um, Honestly, a lot of people have problems with this game because there's nothing to do in it except for collect loot so that you can just take it immediately and go lose it in combat, you know? <laughs> and actually, a, a famous gamer said that in his video, which made me think. I was like, oh, yeah, that is the goal, basically. You know, all the good is all, all loot is illusory, and you keep you have it while you have it, and then you take it in the game and try to get more stuff, and you lose it, and you come back, and you could lose everything, you know? Uh there's the whole element of the stash where you store things outside the game and the stash is a limited size. So you have to make the right choices as to what could keep or, or how to organize your stash to be the most efficient. Honestly, even though Evan knows me and he's, he spent the night in my house many times and he knows that I live in like a really, my apartment's super messy, but I love OCD. I'm very OCD about organizing things. You know, when it comes to video games in boxes and shit like that. I mean, we play to play Conan <laughs> Exiles and I would seriously sit in the loot room organizing loot boxes all day because it would drive me crazy if like there was, uh, 20 pieces of fur in the, in the box with the tar, you know, like that shit would drive me nuts. And it drives me nuts about in every, in many aspects of my life. So Tarkov is a great game for that. If you're into like organizing loot, you can do that all day, you know? So they plan on adding a lot of their cool things. So we'll see what happens with that game. I, right now I'm having a lot of fun playing it. Probably the best things about the game, the shooting mechanics are the most visceral, the most real, the, the best shooting mechanics I've ever played, had in a game. The, the, uh, the UI is minimal. There's almost no user interface on the front screen when you're playing the game. It just, it's just your view of the gun. Um, to check your ammo count. You actually have to hold Alt L to you basically pick up the your character holds the gun and he pulls the mag out and looks at the mag and does a visual inspection to see how many rounds are in the gun. 
you know, and he takes a, you basically, you don't know how many rounds there are. You only know what you know in real life. You just look and you see, oh, there's two bullets on top. Okay. I got at least two more rounds. You know, um, if you want to, if your gun guns jam. So one streamer, uh, was told about this. He bought ammo basically and the gun kept jamming. His guns kept jamming in combat. So he went back after he left the game. And basically what he was doing from this point on was before every game, he would sell the old ammo and buy new ammo <laughs> because the ammo kept jamming in his gun. You know, I mean, there's a lot of weird elements in the game and they're supposed to get even more ridiculous when the game comes out of beta. They're supposed to do your character, your player is supposed to become like sort of like a Tamagotchi. <laughs> like you have to have food in the in your stash. Like right now, I don't have any food in my stash. You, you know, have to I'm check like, on it constantly. Well, no, you don't have to check on it, but you need to make sure there's food and water in your stash. So when you're offline, he can be he'll stay he'll be alive because otherwise, when you do go into the game, he'll be weak. But then, he'll if you don't play for like a week, then you're dead. If you don't have, I don't think you'll be dead. You'll be fucked up. Okay, you'll you'll be fucked up. I'm I'm pretty sure there's a maximum level you can go down. Um, and 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 the thing is, no matter how bad your gear situation gets, you can always go. Let's say you go and lose all your gear, and they give you a ton of gear when you start the game, a ton of gear. But let's say you lose everything they give you and you're down to nothing. You know, you've had a string, a week of, of losses and you've got nothing in your left. You got, you got nothing but a machete or a hatchet in your left in your, in your inventory. You can go in and play as a scav and just take his gear to go in the gear that the scav spawns with and leave with it immediately. Then go back in in a half an hour, play as a scav again and build your gear up that way. With a scav, there's nothing to lose. And mm-hmm. so you can go in and just shoot a couple players in the head, steal all their gear, and then leave. You know, there's a lot of guys they call in the game called hatchlings. And basically they're naked. So they go in, they have nothing on, no armor, no guns, no ammo, no medical supplies, nothing, except for a hatchet. And they run around and they fucking hatch people in the head. They sneak <laughs> up behind you and they just fucking hatch you in the head because a hatchet is a one-shot kill. So no matter how much armor you have, no matter what you hit, get hit in the neck with a hatchet, you're dead. So, <laughs> so I mean, I did that my first two games and I got fucking top-tier armor off of some fucking fully looted guy. You know, <laughs> I mean, hilarious. he was looted. He was fully geared up. So people say the game is pay to win, but dude, the hatchet, the hatcheting and shit is a great equalizer because you go in and it's all up to the fucking luck of the draw. You can have all the best tactics and know the map back and forth, but if you're in the wrong spot at the wrong time and some guy fucking hits you in the head with a hatchet or an AI shotguns you in the face, that's it. There's no reviving. There's no going back to get your gear. If you're, fr- if you have a friend with you and he's completely empty, Maybe he can pick your gear up, but more than likely he won't be. So he'll have to pick and choose what of your gear to take out. You're going to lose something. Mm-hmm. So I like that element. It's a little risk involved. I wish they would do more to increase the goals to give you more, more to play for. I feel like I'll probably get bored after a while. Like I'll, I would have like looted up so much that I'd be like, okay, there's nothing else to do now, you know? Um, so I don't know. We'll see what happens. But right so, now I'm having a great time playing it. I have two questions. So one, the game is sort of like a continual timeline. You jump in, jump out, but time is always progressing. So I don't, it's not like that now, but I think that's what it's supposed to be like. So uh, for instance is one of the maps is called Factory. And let's say if Evan and I want to play in Factory, uh, I would log in. We'd both load our gear up and everything, and we'd go through the several screens, 
to get there. Once we got to the, we get to a screen that has two times on it. One would be clearly nighttime and one would be clearly daytime. Um, it might say 1546. And the other time would say, you know, 346. Oh, 346. Mm-hmm. So, and the time is counting. It's just counting, constantly counting. Um, so we go in at three o'clock, basically three PM, or we go in at three AM, you know, or whatever the case may be. You go in one of those two times. So one is daytime, one is clearly like in the middle of the night. Um, and when you get in, when the first players get in, basically they match everybody up, put them in a new game, and then the new game starts and it runs for an hour in factory and runs for an hour. So you have an hour to gear up, kill all you want, and extract. So it's not really continuous because you can't, you wouldn't run up on loot from a guy from a game ago. You know? Okay. Uh, now they said the goal is to link all the maps together because all the maps are different parts of Tarkov. And actually, if you go to the edge of one map, you can see clearly that you're, this is the road to, let's see, if you like exit, if you leave factory, you'd be in the middle of an area called customs, you know? And if you leave customs, if you go north from customs, you'd go to terminal, you go south, you go to woods, you know? So, and there's roads to woods and roads, you know, so you'd see where these places are going to connect one day. And that's the goal. It's going to be a big open world. It's supposed to be, but we don't know what's going to happen. We'll see, but it's, it's cool. I mean, it's, I'd love to see more. I'd love to see smarter AI. I'd love to see, you know, a more dangerous AI. The AI is pretty smart as it is right now. They're pretty nasty, but I'd love to see like Spetsnaz or something like that, like a totally right. geared up and and dangerous AI to ratchet up the whole level of like danger a little bit. Can you throw your hatchet? No, you can't. Okay, I think well, that's a miss. I really think it's a miss. Yeah. I wish you could, <laughs> you know, because the hatchet costs like thirteen thirteen hundred bucks in the game. So if you throw your hatchet. Man, <laughs> you know, you want to get it back, yeah. you know, so I wish it had that element because if you threw it and you missed, you'd be like, fuck, you know, it'd be a huge problem. Yeah. You know, uh, the game doesn't have a lot of weapons, even though it has an insane amount of weapon mod ability, you know, uh, where in in PUBG, if you pick up an extended AR mag, it will fit inside a, sh- an, a Saiga shotgun, a AK-47 and an M4. You know, which is obviously three different weapons, weapon platforms. In this game, my first, the first thing I did was I, I said, well, let me buy some more ammo. Let me buy an AK-47 because they give you 300,000 rubles to start buying stuff with. So I bought an AK and I bought some ammo and I bought a magazine for the AK. Turns out that magazine doesn't fit in the AK, AK-47. It only fits in the AK-74U. <laughs> so I bought, so I was like, great. And I couldn't return it because if I returned it, I returned it a loss. So I went and bought an AK-74U, <laughs> you know, to go with that gun, and I bought, tried to put the AK ammo in it. Doesn't work. AK ammo is seven, uh, seven six two by thirty nine. AK-74U takes five fifty fifty five by forty six fifty five fifty five 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 51 or something. It's some weird ammo I've never heard of. It's obviously some strange Russian thing, you know? So in retrospect, you probably should have just returned the magazine. Yeah, 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 exactly. I mean, that's, that's actually my, that's the gun I use primarily all the time now, but, but that, that, that other gun, I have the AKs and I've since killed some guy and took his AK magazine. So I have AK magazines now, but I don't use the AK because I don't want to lose it. But, uh, it's kind of funny because, 
It's if you watch the videos of the of the obviously streamers, they have like crazy loot because they play the game all the time and they probably have press kits where they have special loot and things like that and they have bigger stashes than all of us. But dude, it's to see the loot they lose comes and goes. I mean, I I've been struggling in this game and I have shit loot. I've lost like three pistols and I'm like mourning the loss of those pistols, you know. <laughs> And three shitty pistols. And these guys, they've got like tricked out crazy guns with tricked out crazy shit. And it's just the guns are nuts. And I'm just thinking to myself, man, I, I couldn't even imagine having one of these guns and losing it. Like the, there's a whole fear level of like, for me, of like, if I got one of these crazy guns, I would probably never take it out. Mm-hmm. I'd never play with it because I wouldn't want to lose it. And I think this game, you have to get over that fear. You have to go in and be willing to lose it all. Just to win it all, you know? Yeah, I mean, if you have a really awesome gun, why not use it to kill more and then get better stuff? Exactly. So my second question is, how much is this game? So I bought it on sale for $33. This is the other thing with this game, okay? Uh, I think if you work in the IT world, you're leery about anything from Russia. (laughs) And this game is made by Battlestate Games, which is a Russian game developer. And they don't sell the game on Steam. You can only buy it on Battlestate Games' website because they, they say, oh, the game is pre... It's it's a, it's a beta now, and it's pre-Steam release. We're not putting it on early access to Steam. More than likely, they weren't accepted the early access to the into the Steam early access program for one reason or another. I don't know. But, <clears throat> I mean, for them to have the game on Steam would actually help their launch. You know, they've gotten what they've gotten. They've gotten that they've gotten noticed because the game is really good. And if it was on Steam, more people would be playing it. Um, it'd probably be the number one FPS game right now in the world because it's that good. You know, so um, if you like Milsim, that, that among Milsim games, it would be up there. So I, I don't, I don't. I think the, that's probably a small problem for me. And it, I had a little bit of like kind of skeeviness about buying it on their site, but they do a lot to assuage that. They have a lot of there's a lot of checks and balances and a lot of like intermediary parties, like billing systems and things. So, and I bought it through PayPal, so I, I didn't have that many problems and I didn't have a issue. I didn't. You don't have to put your credit card number in there or anything like that. But uh, that kind of skeeved me out. But it's so I bought it for thirty three dollars on sale on their website. And it was only like a four day sale. Now it's back to forty four ninety nine. But uh, if if you like Milsim games and you don't mind the pacing, like Evan, you saw it and you said it's slow. Um, and compared to the games you play, it is slow. So if you don't mind like a, a slow tactical pacing, I mean, you definitely have to think and creep and walk quietly. And yeah. you know, you have long. You could have a whole game of no engagements, or you could have a game of constant engagements. Or you could have a three-second game. Like, I've had more than one games where I literally spawned in and got shot in the face. So um, you have to be kind of prepared for that. You can't be the kind of person who's like, oh, fuck. You can't go, like, crazy. Like, you know, you just got to fucking be prepared that it's could be a horrible fucking dark day, you know? Yeah. But if you can, it's a fun game. I enjoyed it. I enjoy it. It's good. I wonder uh, if they're using everyone's computers to, like, mine Monero or something. I thought that too, honestly. <laughs> I thought that too. I was like, I wonder if every time it's it's sinking, because it takes a long time to get into a game. It might take you, it could take easy 15 minutes to get into a game if you're really? playing as a regular player. But if you're playing as a scav, you could get in, in like four minutes. But even that's a long time. PUBG, the longest I ever had to wait for a game was like fucking 50 seconds. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe. If even that. 
So, and that would be that would be ages. You know what I mean? That'd be like there's something wrong. You know, New Year's Day when everybody's playing. But yeah, I mean, I I kind of wondered <laughs> doing because during a 15 minute wait while I'm walking around listening for the game to start. And I'm wondering, I wonder if they're mining Bitcoins right now. With my, <laughs> they're just using my PC cycles right now. And if they do this every time somebody tries to play the game, they could be doing pretty well for themselves. Oh, yeah. You know, they just reroute the, reroute the traffic. <laughs> so here comes, a, you know, 6,000 people who are logging in. Okay, let's fucking use those cycles real quick. Yep. You know, I don't know. James, it sounds like uh, we need to get on the game, game development train. We do. We need to be like doing, we need to do something. We need to use our our ill will to exploit uh, others. Well, you know what? I did this download, speaking of exploiting others, and I thought I I kind of battled with myself whether I should mention this or not, but I've decided to mention it because I'm all about transparency, and I don't really care if anybody knows about this. I have a VR headset, so I went ahead, and I, I keep track of all kinds of VR games developments just to see if there's something cool coming out. Um. There's so we talked about this before VR Canajo. We talked about it on the show before. Well, that company is making a new game, <laughs> which tapped a which came up on a list that I just looked at today. A list of adult VR games. Um, it sounds really super skeevy, <laughs> and I guess it is skeevy, but. The the uh, VR Canada was like one of the best games I've ever played. It was not as far as games, but as far as like what they did, like the quality of it and the interface and how it uses is very very good, easy to use, native to VR. It's a very nice game, you know. Um, besides what you're doing in the game, you're like trying to harass some high school student who they they say that this person's not a high school student, you know. She's over eighteen, but I'm like okay, whatever. So. Um, but you know, for the the three or four times I played the game, it's by far the best VR experience I've ever had. And I'm not talking about from getting boners and trying to fuck a teenage girl in video <laughs> game. Um, that I've never even played it to that to that far, honestly. Um, but uh, the experience and the UI is very nice. It's very good. And it's easy to use. It's a smart experience and really well made. Like Japanese people do not fuck around. They make good stuff. So I went and downloaded a bunch of American made ones. Um, that were free on Patreon, and I'm gonna try those out and see. <laughs> They're a lot more grimy though. <laughs> we'll mm-hmm. see what happens. Um, but yeah, so th- the point is, a lot of people are making a lot of cash duplicitously, doing all kind of duplicitous shit. So we'll see what happens. Maybe maybe games are where we need to be, man. We need to all learn Unity and start making pumping out some garbage. <laughs> Matter of fact, this game is made in Unity, by the way. <laughs> uh, uh, Escape from Tarkov is made in Unity. Really? Yeah. Nice. Yeah. And people say that that's why it's having so many net, so much netcode problems because it's made in Unity and Unity's netcode is not robust enough to take it. I don't know if that's true or not, but um, if if this game played, if you played this game in VR, it would be terrifying. Mm-hmm. It'd be terrifying. Oh yeah, it'd be for sure. it'd be the most. It'd be it's it's already one step above a horror game. The way that everything is lit and the way it looks and the silence and the silence and the deadness of the town. So I can only imagine playing this game in VR. I'd be fucking scary as shit and nerve. Like, dude, you get so your fucking nerves get so ratcheted up when you're playing this game because 360 degree uh, area of combat. It's just crazy. Anyway, let's let's have move you, on. Hmm? Actually, Go I got a couple questions. Number one, yes, you. have you tried the game with the uh, virtual 7.1 on your headset? Yes, I did. Is it better? Yes, it is. Okay, it is. Uh, I played all last night with the virtual 7.1 and. 
you can tell the difference. Sound is so important in this game, and that's one thing that Tarkov will probably, if they were giving an award out for this, the sound design in Tarkov is unmatched, man. It's just the next level, you know? Um, like, you can sit here, and I've no, I've heard streamers talk about this, and I haven't noticed it because I'm watching their stream, but when you're playing, you can listen and tell, oh, there's a guy in that hallway. Oh, this guy's below me. There's a guy creeping on the stairwell outside this door. You know, like you can tell because there's so much debris and shit on the ground that you can hear when people crunch. When people are loading magazines, you can hear them loading magazines when it's quiet. You know, you can distinguish what type of gun they're firing by just hearing it. Mm -hmm. You know, you can hear um, you can hear if someone steps on glass. It sounds different. If they step on wood, it sounds different. Metal, it sounds different. Sheet metal, sounds different. Concrete, sounds different. Grass, sounds different. You walk through a bush, it sounds different. Everything sounds different. And those sounds can all blend together into this, like, mishmash of what's the fuck's going on. But you can hear it, and you can distinguish clearly. Like, sound is a huge factor in this game of, of like, detection and and anti-detection. So it's a, a big part. Um, that's probably one of the best things about this game. Honestly. It's a beautiful game, and they do a lot to give you an honest, real um, real experience. But the sound, oh my god, the sound sells it. Ten times over, it sells it. Nice. Uh, the second question is, since we're talking about game development, have there been any, has there been any movement on that uh, Japanese game where you play like a high school girl who bullies someone? Uh, Yandere Simulator. Yandere Simulator. <laughs> yeah, Yandere Simulator. Um, yeah. So last, the last, he puts out a video every month with his updates, and the last update video I saw, he had put in a, he made some changes to the character models, and he added, he added a, another character whose job it was. He added uh, the school council. So I don't think they were part always going to be a part of the game, but he wanted to add them in because they're a constant school councils are a trope in the anime, in the Japanese culture. Um, and in anime and anime in general, and it's kind of like the president, the treasurer, vice president. And normally there's a character. A lot of times there's a character called the discipline committee. So what he did was he turned the entire school council into like a discipline committee. And so now they rove the high schools of school all day long. And they stop in rooms and they do this and they do that. And the, so that the whole, your ability to like sneak around and do dirt and kill people and, you know, plant evidence and do all kinds of crazy shit and hide bodies and stuff has been completely changed. Um, I haven't, again, I haven't played this game. I just watched the development videos and when the game is done, I'll probably play it because it looks fucking cool as shit. It looks mm -hmm. like if you like Hitman and games like that, this one looks like a fun one. Um, and he's designed it to be like a high school, high school <laughs> version of Hitman. Yeah, it's horrible. <laughs> it's absolutely horrible. Um, I, you can't look at it like that though. You kind of have to look at it as a Yandere version of Hitman. So you know, and I've talked about what a Yandere is before, but it's a girl or a boy who loves. They love. They have a love interest who doesn't know they exist, but they love them from afar to the point that they're willing to kill to be with them. And that could mean killing people they're interested in, killing themselves, or killing them. Killing the target of their emotion themselves. So, um, 
that's the whole thing. And so she has to do all this Yandere shit without the guy finding out. Otherwise, the guy will stop. Um, obviously, he will hate her. Hmm. You know. So yeah, that's the whole thing. And so there's a whole sneaky aspect to it, which is really cool. Nice. Well, thank you yeah. for uh, answering all my questions there. No problem, man. Anytime you know about some creepy, weird shit, some <laughs> awkward porn, or something that just wants to make everybody uncomfortable, I'm your man. Um, Might have to pick right. up a vibe for myself now. They're cheaper, yeah, huh? Man. Oh, yeah. The, the price is coming down. Actually, a friend of mine got... Uh, who was it? Oh, my God. I can't think who it was. It might have been somebody we play uh, we play games with on, on our Discord. They picked up the HP version, the HP 3D headset, and they love it. They said it's mm-hmm. great. And honestly, if you're a Windows user, it might be the way to go because it's it was 449 or something and it works with steam steam just integrated it with uh with uh with the with the windows setup and with the windows version with that whole windows thing you can use windows through your headset so it natively works with windows um so you can actually turn your computer and put them on like that's the ultimate that's where that's where vr will go one day or probably be ar but it'll go there and that's that's those systems can do so those systems are pretty cool and they're cheap cool i'll take a look at that um i only had one other thing down here um in the yum update once again another another uh mouse study something i like to mention quite often um so there are some scientists who think they've identified a mechanism that your body uses to trigger hunger, well, control hunger and, and try to maintain your weight. Um, they don't know exactly what it is yet, but apparently in your, I'll say your lower trunk, oh. um, somewhere in your legs, you know, your body's like, oh man, we're getting, uh, this is kind of difficult. We might be getting kind of heavy. We should scale back those those calories. And as a result, we'll make you less hungry in an attempt to, to you know, have you eat less, lose weight, or maintain weight. So it got me thinking, if this is really a thing, then sitting down in front of a computer for 12 hours a day is really not helping us uh, with that, uh, that mechanism that requires standing, basically, to, uh, to take effect. So... Oh. I'm not going to go too much into it, but it's actually kind of an interesting read if you want to take a look at the article. That's actually really interesting. A, a coworker of mine got a standing desk in his office, mm-hmm. and probably for the last last quarter of the year, from like say October until this year, until this year started, he was using it, and he's like, oh, "I lost weight. I feel great. Oh, it just feels so good to be standing, you know." And he had that like standing desk vegan elit- elitism yeah. for a while. <laughs> He's like, I use a standing desk, you know? He's super proud of himself. You can see when he tells you about his standing desk, he's getting like a little quarter chub. He's like, James, how do you expect to reach the sky when you're all the way down there? Yeah, exactly. Like that kind of stuff. Exactly. Um, But then I walked past his office the other day and his chair was back. (laughs) And his standing desk monitors were all the way down. He was like laid all the way back. He's like, you know, he's like leaned all the way back in the chair. And I wanted to poke my head and say, what happened to standing, man? You know, but I didn't say anything because he's a manager. I was like, I'll just leave him alone. But obviously he's had enough, you know, but um, I've wanted to do that for a while. Actually, I've wanted and actually I started playing with my monitors to see how high I could get them. Um, and actually if I tilt them flat, I could still do the show and have the camera on me and stuff and then 
be standing. So oh, if yeah. I get a, if I, if I raise, and then also he got the thing that he got's pretty cool. It's like a whole steel arm that goes way up and the monitors can come off of it. So maybe I'll get something like that. I've been thinking about changing my desk around and adding a standing feature just because I think I, I can add more monitors and do a little more things. So I might do that. We'll see how it comes along, you know. Um, Evan has tempted me to turn my longest monitor into just a chat screen. So <laughs> it makes the most sense because it does. Make it's a good sense, monitor. Actually. It just looks so awkward because it's like yeah. nine inches tall and 38 inches wide. You know, yeah, not really. Exactly. But it's, no, but it feels it's, that way. Yeah. yeah. So I don't know. I'm, I'm thinking about uh, and I have monitors at work I can bring home and add to my my mess. Yeah. So I might I might do that. <laughs> we'll see if I can buy the right monitor stand thing that'll give me some some cap- bring some new capabilities to my desk, then I will definitely start standing. Let's just try it out and see what the deal is. And then we'll have some empirical evidence on whether yeah. standing desks are beneficial or bullshit, because I know we've had that debate in previous weeks. Absolutely. And look at this fat mouse. I mean, this sells it for me. Look how fat he is. Yeah. They have the fat mouse and the Chanel mouse, <laughs> and they're like, look, this is you, and this is your better friend, Chanel. You know, <laughs> Chanel eats what she wants, and she stays skinny. And you eat what you want, and you're the size of three Chanels. Yeah, yeah, pretty embarrassing. Oh, that's great. Yeah. So, uh, I don't see anything else in the extra section. I guess it's just me. Uh, you got anything, Evan? You want to say? I do not. Okay. Um. I will say this, just to cap off the Yum update, I talked to uh, Shannon, a former roommate of mine and kind of Evans, I think. Shannon. Maybe he came. Shannon, yeah. I talked to Shannon, and she said, yeah, me and my friend are going to do a blog, you know, and I was like, noob, who does blogs anymore? (laughs) You know? So she's like, we're doing a blog, and I was like, what's it going to be about? And she's like, it's about keto. And I was like, oh, really? Oh, okay. (laughs) I was like, it really is about keto, huh? (laughs) So I said, I know a little about it, you know? Um. And of course, I hyped up probably over blue Michael and Evan's weight loss from keto. I was like, they lost like 180 pounds each. Man, those guys are so slim. It's crazy. <laughs> you know, like They're we know everything. Away. Yeah, we know everything about keto. <laughs> like Evan just stays in ketosis all the time. So, <laughs> um, but yeah, so they're talking about it. And I was just thinking, like, and she was talking about this and that about it and stuff. And obviously, she's, she's lost weight. She's, she's finding real gains with it, right? It's really working for her. And, uh, <laughs> what we were talking about, like, um, a lot of the fads and she was like yeah there's a lot of weird scary stuff out there like keto's become very popular now and it has like this year like the end of this year keto started to become like this mainstream popular thing that we're talking I read about it in a newspaper and you know all kinds of things so people are actually talking about this and when people start talking about things that's when somebody's gonna eat like a fucking fucking eight handfuls of butter or something and kill themselves and they're going to be like, it's keto's fault. Right. You know, and I'm just a matter of time before someone like eats an entire pig or something thinking they're going to kick their body into ketosis super fast or something. I, I don't know, but it's like drink a gallon of corn oil. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. This is keto, right? I can drink all the corn oil I want. <laughs> so you heard of the gallon of milk challenge, right? Yeah. And we got something for you. Exactly. Oh, can you imagine your bowels after drinking? A, oh, <laughs> I don't know Everything if it would make it that far. right out. It'd be like a racetrack. <laughs> Jesus. Anyway, okay. Well, so best of luck to them. Yeah, good luck. We'll drink do a collab all, drink, in the future. 
chug that corn oil. Oh, you mean you mean uh, Shannon? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah no, no, no. Yeah, we'll have to have once Shannon, uh, you know, gets her thing together, we'll have to do something with her. Um, but uh, I did direct her to our podcast with Ed. Nice. Ed, Ed is our he's our keto mascot. The eater of the butter, <laughs> the eater of sullied butter. <laughs> so yeah, um, I did direct her to that show so she could listen because he has a lot of wise words about it. And I think anyone, if you're interested in keto, that's the, the episode to listen to because he's he's our empirical evidence of success. So um, really quickly, um, I think I'm the only one who has anything, who has anything left. Uh, I've got here a link to if you're into the old anime. Uh, if you if you've been around for a long time, I'm sure you're familiar with an anime series called Star Blazers or uh, Battleship Star Battleship Yamoto, which is what it's called in the U.S. Um, it's from a comic book from the 70s or even earlier, maybe. Um, and they made it into an anime in the 80s, uh, early 80s, late 70s, and then it was gone for a long time. Then they made tons of weird spinoffs in the same universe. And then they made, um, it inspired a lot of other things. And it's one of those long lasting things. And when you think of anime, if people who think of anime of a certain age, think about this show. Well, they basically just redid it. Um, they updated the anime style and kind of stayed true to the old style and the old art design, but they updated it. It looks a lot better. And they, but they did stay, they kept all of the, basic stuff, but they did a really good job with it. And actually we talked about before the Japanese live action film of the same show. We talked about that maybe a year ago, I think on mm-hmm. here. Um, so I recently saw clips of this and I was like, what is this? And then I just found it on Crunchyroll the other day. So you can go watch this on Crunchyroll for free. There's a link in here for, um, to the first episode. And the only thing you don't get when you watch it on Crunchyroll is free for free is you get ads, of course. But and you also get it. It's only 720p, or no, it's standard def. I think maybe 720p, but I think it's just standard def. But still, it looks fine for watching on the computer. It's fine if you really want to see it. If you want to be nostalgic of the old stuff, I mean, they have the original soundtrack and stuff in there. And if you miss the old like Yamoto Starship song or things like that, if you're into that, if you're if you're into that stuff, this is really cool. I'm I'm watching it right now. I'm having a great time watching. It's very fun. So yeah, that's it. We're good. Um. It'll give everyone at least a, a sample of it to see if they like the material. Yeah, exactly. It's 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 just a fun fun you know man against aliens sort of deal, but a good time worth watching. Um, anything else, Evan? You got anything? No, sir. Okay, quick question for you: mm-hmm. Can we be found on on a what is that thing she asked me about? Uh, I want to say SourceFed, but that's not Stitcher? it. Stitcher, not Stitcher. Uh not SoundCloud. Spotify. Uh, I didn't know Spotify. I don't know how that works, really. I didn't know Spotify even had podcasts. Not Shannon day. asked me that if we were on Spotify. Uh, not as far as I know. Yeah, I uh, will have a word with uh, our RSS feed director upon his yeah. return. Our CEO of RSS, VP of RSS, R E S S RISS. <laughs> Whatever. I'm gonna stop talking about that now. Um well anyway, I told her to get wrecked because <laughs> it doesn't even matter if she can find us there or not. We none of us use Spotify. Fuck Spotify. Um the only place I care about is Google Play, which is where I listen to our podcast. So 
Let me go through the rigmarole of all the places we can be found. <laughs> okay, you can email us. Feedback at the com. No, the. Oh, feedback at com. There we go. Yep. Okay. Of course, we're on iTunes. We're on Google Play, where I get the show. You can find us on Mixclat. Mixclat, the links for all those are on the website, uh, com. Uh, Twitter at Iopanel Podcast. Michael's been uploading to the Instagram uh, at Iopanel Podcast. Also, uh, I don't know if it's how up to date it is. There might be some pictures from Chile we haven't seen up there, but uh, definitely check it out. He's been working on it. Please go and follow us if you are on Twitter or on Instagram. Excuse me, and follow us on Twitter too. Why are you being so stingy with your followers? Yeah, like um, us on Facebook, you know. Yeah, yeah, Facebook, YouTube, Amazon affiliate. Man, please go buy things through Amazon. Um, <laughs> help us out. Even though I never do it, <laughs> I think Evan is the only person. Who I'm does the it. only one who does it, and since yeah. it's in my name, it doesn't count. Yeah, I always forget. <laughs> I always fucking forget, and I spend so much money on Amazon. It's crazy. <laughs> it is crazy. Um, uh, on a drunken dare, I bought a bunch of male masturbators. <laughs> I just received them in the mail, and I plan on giving them out to the people who I did, who who basically dared me to buy them. So uh, they're coming to your homes very soon. Stay tuned for that. We're gonna have a well. Maybe I'll do some videos of that. Yes, um, instructional videos. <laughs> instructional videos. Here's how Dave uses this. Um, Here's our unboxing. Yeah, exactly. Um. So yeah. Um. Uh, okay, so Amazon affiliate and of course Patreon. Uh, you can find us on Patreon. Uh, let me click the link here. I think you just go search IO panel, but it looks like it's, yeah, patreon.com slash IO panel. So it says William Blower and Company are creating IO panel podcast. Thank you, Michael. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, you can find us there at William Blower Company. <laughs> we are a William Blower Company. And, uh, yeah, go listen to our old, ep- old episodes, man. Coinhosers.info. <laughs> uh, looks like life-defining moments. There's a bunch of goodies up here. So Hot Dog Musk, that was a good one. Yeah. <laughs> um, and let us know what you think. Hit us up on, uh, shoot us feedback, okay? Uh, feedback at IOPanelPodcast or yeah, at IOPanelPodcast.com. Okay, shoot us a message. Let us know what we can do better, if we can change, whatever. Okay? As always, guys, it's absolutely a pleasure to do this podcast with you and Michael, and uh, it's a pl- pleasure to do it for, for you guys, for the, the the seven of you who listen. Uh, please keep listening, and you know we're here to we're here to serve. Okay, have a great night. So fragile, like it was built to break off the handle. How'd we get to this place? We leave it. Exciting feelings, but I won't leave you. Will everything we know be lost and changed for something new? Only time will tell, but I'll be holding you. 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 I'll be
Tell, but I. 